0: Should just Do start. you wanna do an intro of some kind or Yeah,
1: I'll probably just say Welcome to Are we going? Yeah, we're going. So welcome to the second part of the full moon episode of Blood Moon Milk with the blah blah blah. Let me do this one more time. <laughs> yeah. So, as usual for our Full Moon episodes, we've got a double-parter. This is the part two where we interview an interesting person, Um, and my guest this week is Kim Groton, who is a piano technician and a musician, and I felt like since we play a lot of music on the show, it'd be really great to have a musical personality on the show as well, and we're going to be talking about music, natal charts, and whatever else happens to come up in conversation here in the Blanket Fort. It's going to flow naturally. Yeah, welcome
0: to the show. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: so, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. Um, my name is Kim Grattan. I own a very small company consisting of me called Sound Pianos here in Atlanta, Georgia. I tune, repair, and rebuild pianos. Um and it's kind of cool thinking about astrology and the planets aligning and how everything is vibrations, because that's basically yep. my job, is I bring the piano into alignment so <laughs> that it can create music, it can be the vehicle for people to create beautiful music. so
1: Perfect. Yeah, I love using music as a tool on the podcast to illustrate concepts uh, in a way that might be otherwise kind of bereft of explanation, because... Um, you know, this is a, an auditory art form, and I'm not a musician. Unfor- I wish I was. It's the one... You're an, you're an appreciator, though. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, like, it's kind of the bane of my existence in some ways, because I love, love, love music so much, but I don't have a melodic bone in my body. I... I can't even hold a steady beat clapping. You can play a radio. (laughs) (laughs) I can. I can. I like to think I'm a decent DJ. I pick good songs that have meaning and uh, like purpose behind them when I'm doing the podcast. Um, And when I host like meditation circles, I have playlists that I've very specifically curated for the mood I want to set. And sometimes people look at me like I'm crazy because I'll start out a meditation with a punk rock song and I'll end with like, you know, some sort of operatic aria or something, but it, to me, it makes sense Mm -hmm. for the flow of the energy for the evening. And, uh, so, you know, it's, I just have, I have confidence in my musical choices and my, uh, affection for the craft, but it is endlessly frustrating that I can't get much beyond, Uh, my limited abilities as a musician so thank god I'm good at drawing (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile I can't draw my way out of a cardboard box so I I mean like I I think that's kind of the case with a lot of musical people is like I think maybe you're really lucky if you get one or the other Mm -hmm. if you're able to express yourself musically that's awesome if you're able to express yourself visually as an artist that's also awesome I think it's really really rare when people have both and goddamn those people I hate you (laughs) (laughs) Of course we don't. No, <laughs> no. I'm just so jealous. That's all. <laughs> and it hurts. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like ah, yeah. Anyway, so I cast your natal chart, um, and I wanted to s- start interviewing my guests with their natal charts because I feel like there's a lot of insight that can be gleaned, and also I think maybe it'll help under help audience members and listeners to understand what a natal chart is and how it can be used and also just understanding that it's just one very small tool that I think can be really insightful and helpful to people um, when they know how to use it the right way but astrology has lots of different tools but it really is kind of the like snapshot baby picture of you as a human spirit on this planet that is taken of the sky at the moment you were born and the place you were born. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So basically where the stars were yep. in accordance with where you were born.
1: Yep, exactly. And so um, if you were to... If you imagine a natal chart as being a big circle, which it is, it's a you know big wheel, mm-hmm. um, there's 12 different quadrants of it. And each... Um, there, so there's like 12 houses within those quadrants. And those houses each represent a different sign, as well as, um, depending on where your ascendant is, which is the sign that is cl- on the horizon at the moment you were born, mm. on, like in the eastern, well, if you're looking at a piece of paper, it's going to be in the left-hand side um, of the quadrant. I'm a Scorpio ascendant. Interesting. So I'm. I've got a lot of signs in Scorpio, and I think that um, when so in astrology, there's this thing called um, signs being in. I think it's called parlance, or opposite signs being in helpful positions in your chart. Mm-hmm. And I probably just totally boned the name, but it's it's basically when um, people with like signs, and even within a chart. It's, Uh, A sign that has um, might not be in its something that we'd call in its uh, exaltation which is like one of the highest places in a chart for a a planet to be in it can be in a certain sign and it's exalted in that sign so it's got all the extra power Mm -hmm. when it does that. It doesn't always happen it's pretty lucky when it does but when um, conversely like there's signs like planets can be in their detriment as well Um, like so, for example, um, the moon. For example, the moon's detriment would be in Capricorn. And really, when when we say detriment, we just mean how strong its energies are in that sign. All right. Okay. So obviously, my sun is in Cancer. Yep, your sun's in Cancer, and so that just means that you know we've all heard of sun signs, right? Like. When people say to you at a party, what's your sign? They usually mean, what's your sun sign? But there's also a whole bunch of other sign, like planets that are also in a sign in a place on your natal chart that have um, a sense of defining personality characteristics for you that's kind of like a unique thumbprint to you. And other people might have similar aspects at different points in time, but I think really find it endlessly fascinating how um, different people manifest the same traits Mm -hmm. in different unique ways. Yes. So your moon is in Capricorn. Capricorn, Yeah. So that does, uh, so the moon is in its detriment in Capricorn, which really isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it does mean that maybe you have more control over your emotions because the moon's power isn't as strong over your personality, over your spirit. I would say
0: that's pretty accurate. I mean, I'm pretty emotional. Like, I am...
1: Well, Sun Cancer can be really emotional, period. But I don't... I'm not a big crier? Which would be, like, kind of the antithesis of a Cancerian's response to a lot of things. Uh, I mean, they're both water... Well, Capricorn's an earth sign, but... Um, it's and uh, the moon is actually thought of as being a water sign because it has so much effect on water bodies. Um, the tides, for example, mm-hmm. like, are very much in sync with the lunar rotations around the earth. Um, they're always the fullest at a full moon versus a new moon, um, they're at the lowest. Um, so that's why we think of the moon as being a like a, a water sign, yeah, totally. What does it mean that the moon is in Capricorn? Um, Well, why don't you read a little bit of the interpretation so our listeners can hear what one of the natal charts sound like. Okay.
0: Well, I'll skip a little bit of it.
1: Sure. Um, And also, the natal chart readings are pretty long. On average, I'd say they're about 20-something pages. Um, It just depends on how many aspects a person has in their chart. And uh, aspects are just... Um, mathematical geometric aspects between two points on the chart. The points being planets. Yes, mine is 25
0: pages long. <laughs> yeah. Why I was not expecting that, honestly. You sent this to me and I was like, holy crap, this is a lot. Mm. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I want people to get their money's worth.
0: You yeah, know? well, and, and it is. It's interesting to read it. And it's it kind of does hold a mirror to you in a way and you can see things in yourself. Like um, this is a good example. It says um, Capricorn's influence on these lunar personalities is demonstrated by their tendency to worry Mm. and their need for structure and formality. Not something that I think about myself a lot, but it is definitely true.
1: Oh, and as much as, and as well as I know you, you thrive in a consistent atmosphere where you know what to expect going in, but, and you're, you are super hardworking. I mean, um. But I have to have structure. I yeah. do. I drink yeah. the,
0: my coffee out of the same <laughs> fucking mug every day. Yeah. Like every day.
1: Yeah. And even if you're going to a different place, you're doing the same kinds of jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing different people, but you're, you might be seeing the same piano, you mm-hmm. know, like you have... A, I always set up
0: my tools, you know, yeah, a yep, certain
1: way. Yep, yep, yep. That's, and also a Capricorn is the sign of, like, the boss lady, the boss man, the person who is definitely in control of their own destiny because they've invested the time and the energy, frankly, into becoming the the decider of their universe.
0: Yep, of your life, yeah. Yep. It says that here, too. says Capricorn Moon personalities are dedicated to getting their own way and accomplishing personal goals.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not a bad thing to have. Definitely not.
0: I mean, you know. Although it says here women with Capricorn Moon are likely to be ambitious at the expense of their personal life. I wouldn't say that's totally accurate about me. I, I think I'm, I'm a, a social butterfly, kind of. Or maybe that's not what personal life is. But.
1: Well, I think, no, I think maybe they mean more with, like, relationships, yeah. where you probably wear the pants in your romantic relationships in regards to finances. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, certainly in regards to my own finances.
1: Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm a separate bank accounts kind of gal. Same. Yeah. Even if I'm going to be in a relationship with you, your money is your money. My money is my money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can have mutual goals mm-hmm. that we both put our money towards. Right. Joint savings account. Yeah. Yes. But my separate money checking. shall <laughs> never meet your money. mm <laughs> um, And, you know, I'm the one responsible for mine. You should be the one responsible for yours. And that's the end of that.
0: Yep. I like, I think, um, because so Mercury is in
1: Gemini. Which is interesting, because I feel like that's one of Mercury's strong points. Um, So I'm right. So Mercury is the fastest spinning planet, and Gemini. Is an air sign. It's the first of the air signs, so it has all this like, uh, sp- like, it's like the the thing that sort of sparks the fire. You know, you need the air to be present in order for that fire to burn. but yep. doesn't mean that it has like a whole lot of lasting impact as a as a personality or as a, a trait. But for an air sign, it doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. You know, it just needs to get that. First, and especially in this in a Mercury placement, you it means that the things that you say and the things that you do are probably the instigators for other people, and you might not necessarily need to be around for to see like where that takes people. But just know that your words have impact, even if you are not there to see it. Hmm. Something to be mindful of.
0: Yeah. Um. Let's see, Venus in Leo.
1: Interesting. So, Venus is the planet of love and relationships and how we view relationships in this lifetime. And I very much a- approach astrology from the perspective of somebody who believes in reincarnation. Um, so, I think that's kind of important to be aware of. Not everybody's into that, um, but I think there's a lot of karma. Um, that you can read within the signs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Venus and Leo is like kind of a nice place for Venus, really. Um, because, well, if you've got a good love life, it's a great place for it. Well, and my partner is a Leo. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Um, that also helps. That's what I mean when signs are. Um, God, and I wish, like, for some reason, I can't remember the name of this term, but it's when. T- they're, they're, like, mutually beneficial to each other. So your sign, your love sign, is representative of like your symbiotic. partner's. Yeah, of your partner's sun sign. Okay. So, like, you see each other. You see them through the lens of love already. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not you realize it or know it.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but you see love in a very, very similar way to the way they just see the world.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. and was Venus the one that was just in retrograde, or is still? It's still in, in retrograde.
1: retrograde. It's in retrograde, I think, and I could be wrong on the date exactly, but it until early November, and it's either November sixth or November 9th. It, in my mind, my like slightly dyspraxic minds, where I <laughs> see things upside down and backwards. Uh, I yeah, like it's, um, it's one of those dates. So okay. early November, and then it'll. Uh, start to wake up, and when planets come back from retrograde, it you know, imagine waking up from a nap. You don't wake up and you're super energized all of a sudden. You're, like, a little groggy, mm-hmm. and you kind of need to, like, have a cup of coffee, you know, maybe... Stretch. Yeah, stretch, <laughs> like, go for a little walk with your dog, or something to wake up, and then you're ready to get down to business. hmm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just, uh... So we were just talking. I have a bird named Murder Bird.
0: Who <laughs> makes really weird, creepy sounds.
1: Um, I'm used to hearing them, so they don't bother me at all. So, but if anybody hears, like, little... Tw- that in the <laughs> background, basically. It was like... like Chucky in <laughs> bird form. <laughs> well, he, so his name is Murder Bird because he killed his last two girlfriends. And you could call him Henry VIII. No, (laughs) no, he didn't have that many lady friends. He just he only had two, and And they learned your lesson after the second one. Yeah, like the first one, like I wasn't here when he he murdered her. Um, I only heard about it via a distraught partner at the time, and um, it wasn't a good scene, and so Murderbird was put on probation for a while and had to live alone. And then I felt really shitty for him. I felt bad because he was alone in a cage for like a year. And I was like, well, maybe I'll get him a friend. Nope, he murdered her too, <laughs> like within a couple of months. And so uh, I feel that he has made it clear to me. He likes to live alone. He, he likes his bachelor pad to be just him. And, uh, you know, that's fine. (laughs) So I I can't willingly, like, submit another unwitting bird victim to his clutches. Uh, So, yeah.
0: Well, I hope he lives a long and happy
1: life. Dude, the bird's already four. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, he's, I don't know how... I don't know how he's still alive, <laughs> like, frankly, but I guess birds live forever,
0: <laughs> so uh, unless they're in a cage with murder bird apparently yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. unless you've got a murderer for a roommate <laughs> um, who is bored and will would rather take your ass out than chat with you over bird seed in the morning. I guess anyway, yeah, that's what it's really all
0: about was he didn't want to share the bird seed. Man, it's like, there's not enough seed in this cage for the two of us.
1: You know, I've gotten really ragey over, like, did I ever go like? So Kim used to be my roommate a long time ago, and um, what feels like another lifetime I know. It was like seven years ago. Yeah, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, um, but like, old. <laughs> and um, so I think I'm the age you were then probably when yeah. or no how much older i don't know how much older? i'm 35 and you're 30 right 31. okay
0: but i don't know so seven years ago how we would have been 21?
1: okay you were a little bit younger yeah yeah still in matter. our
0: 20s spring chickens <laughs> actually i don't think it was seven years ago it had to have been less than that it was probably more like five years ago
1: uh well i moved back in, uh, in 2011 Right. And then I think I moved in with you around this time of year. In 2011. 2011 that's right. And it's 2018. Shit. 18 minus 11 equals 7. Good night. <laughs> and, yep, Obama was still president. I miss him. Anyway, but I have a weird thing about butter. Like, if butter doesn't get cut just the right way, I get real, like, angry (laughs) really yeah it's my only like real (coughs) real like pet peeve of mine with roommates is i had one that just was a fucking heathen with butter with butter (laughs) and it like it just broke something in me and i i was like god damn it nobody fucking touched my butter ever again <laughs> this is aurora's butter yeah and basically this person let me tell you what an animal they were they like <laughs> they would just take the whole stick of butter and rub it on a piece of toast oh, so the no. whole thing was molested and then it also had like breadcrumbs stuck true. on it and i was not I, cool, it, man. Broke not it broke me it broke me so now if butter's not like very neatly or like tucked away put away and sliced very like <laughs> like I'm apparently super fucking OCD um, only about butter though and, and there's other things but butter is like my <laughs> like my one it's like the roommate killer it's like I might and this is why Aurora lives alone everyone. yeah me and murder bird <laughs> murder, murder pickle yeah
0: I don't think pickle and murder bird have any interest in butter
1: uh pickle probably does yeah oh did just make some butter though I made some like herb butter from mm. the stuff I grew in the my patio garden.
0: Mm-hmm. You were talking about doing that at the last on the last podcast.
1: Yeah, I did it. I actually did it. It's really good. Sweet. I made some like stir fry with it the other day and I was like, damn, this is good. Okay, can't eat it all. Gotta save for Sick. when it's cold and shitty outside.
0: <sighs> so it's coming.
1: Yeah. It's right now
0: it's cool and fucking gorgeous outside so you know cold shittiness is right
1: around the corner yeah. I know I, I really hope that uh, so I just got a new motorcycle and I want to ride it a little bit before it gets really nasty out because I know when it gets nasty I'm going to have zero desire to ride from that moment until springtime.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and I hate riding in cold weather I hate riding when it's wet I hate riding when there's too many leaves on the ground I'm very particular do you have gear
0: like um, cold weather gear
1: I have rain gear, but I don't like riding in the rain because it's like getting cut. It, and it's scary as shit. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, I'm, a, I'm a real fair weather rider, like, because I'm, I also ride like a total asshole.
0: So I'm a little curious about um, Jupiter in Sagittarius, it says.
1: Ooh, yeah, that's a great placement for Jupiter. Um, Jupiter rules Sagittarius and it means that it's so it's uh, got its full strength there um, it's really at home there and um, so Jupiter is thought of as the bringer of good luck it's known as the great benefic so the, the great beneficiary of the zodiac the one who comes in makes things bigger uh, think about his size; he's like the biggest planet in the zodiac. But also, he in Roman mythology is also the god, like the god of the gods, the king of the gods, um, and also known as Zeus in Greek mythology. Um, same same correlations. The Romans just called them by their planetary names. The Greeks had their own uh, deity names for the gods, but they do correspond directly to the planets. Um, so. Uh, Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, and so that's a great... It's just very lucky. You get all the gifts that Jupiter has to give.
0: It says that. It says that um, individuals with natal Jupiter and Sagittarius gain personal growth and expansion through travel, education, and communication. Hell yes.
1: Yeah, that's true. Those are all very Sagittarian qualities. Um, Sagittarius loves uh, travel and wisdom, but also, one thing that I don't think a lot of astrologers point out is that Sagittarius is the only sign in the zodiac that is armed with a weapon. That's right. They have a bow. They have a bow and arrow. Um, and usually it's representative of like, taking aim at something, but also it can mean that they can be very warrior-like when they fight for a cause. They can become really dogmatic. They can get on their little soapbox and really preach um because they are also the great philosophers But when they need to They are armed and ready to do battle mm-hmm. So they're ready to go to Go to the mattresses for something they believe in
0: I'd say that's definitely true
1: Yeah, for sure um, So uh, Yeah, Jupiter's also really jolly And just like In a good mood all the time and, and no other sign is he in a better mood than in Sagittarius. So, like, it's really kind of a, a blessing to have Jupiter in Sag.
0: A lot of my signs are in Sagittarius, Neptune, Uranus. Um. So I did... That was the other thing. I am wondering, what, how do the houses work? I mean, so, I'm still pretty much a novice when it comes to oh yeah. astrology. And
1: that's why I wanted to have you on the show specifically, because walking you through a natal chart and a natal chart reading. Um, so I you you got one of my digital natal you got one of my digital natal interpretations which just basically means that you put your birth time in and your day, month, year and your location and you get a pretty thorough report as well as charts to look at and it's kind of like just the starting point. When you can understand a natal chart and understand your own needle chart and look at how that information can be used to reflect internally. That's really the first step of understanding astrology. It's way more than just your sun sign.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gathering that, yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but that's okay. Um, So basically, um, your houses are dependent on what sign your ascendant is in. And your ascendant is Scorpio, yeah? So Scorpio becomes the ruler of your first house, and then Sagittarius would become the ruler of your second house, Capricorn, the third, and it goes like that through all 12 signs. So the last sign would actually be Virgo, okay? Like right before cancer, uh, well, no, right before your first house again, in the tw- like on I... the other side of things, oh, gotcha, yeah? So that's how it goes, and then each house. Has their own natural ruler, but when they're ruled by other signs, they then take on the quality of that sign as well. So it's like a double layer of information that you have to take in. Yes, it's, it's a lot. lot. Yeah, no, it's, it's, there's a reason why astrology is kind of an expensive thing to get done for yourself because there's a lot of math involved and a lot of aspects and a lot of insight and intuition that goes into getting a good natal reading done. Mm. And it's you can use the same information to then chart future transits as well as relationship compatibility. And I've worked with people who we had great, great, great um, natal charts and so many positive aspects between our two charts, except for in the work department. We had some really strong clashing aspects there and you know what lo and behold it was just that fundamentally we had differences in the way we viewed our work that ended our friendships Mm -hmm. and it was it would be the one thing that we'd be like oh well we can get over that because we had all these other friendly aspects between us but it just didn't happen there was too much of an emphasis on work and on those friendships and those relationships for them to work out right
0: yeah well that makes sense yeah totally Mm -hmm.
1: but i so i think astrology can be a really useful tool for a lot of different things obviously i have a podcast about it but i think also like just from the like beginners aspect or perspective um being able to understand how your natal chart is reflective of your personal qualities is just the first step in that mm-hmm. big world of astrology
0: yeah definitely things to look out for um you know like it says Um, Where did I just see that? Oh, Scorpio, in uh, Ascendant. Ascendant. Mm -hmm. Ascendant. You know, it says they're often far more stubborn than they seem on the surface, which is totally true, and they seduously stick to their goals as long as they feel there's a chance they will be successful. It's difficult to convince them to change their minds once their decisions are made, which is true, which, you know, if you can look out for those qualities in yourself that, yeah. that will help you in your life because it's not always good to be stubborn yeah no so <laughs> true <laughs> whatever you're
1: so earth signs and water signs are notoriously stubborn um, and Scorpio and Taurus both being ruled uh, well Scorpio and Taurus being opposite signs of the zodiac are from each other are both particularly stubborn signs mm. yeah
0: okay. I'm very stubborn. You didn't know that about me. I know it's a it's a shock.
1: Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's okay. I mean, but stubbornness can also just mean stick and sticking with something in spite of the whole world trying to convince you otherwise. And I think that maybe can be attributed to your success doing something that everybody else might've been like, you're crazy. You're a girl. You can't do that. You know, you're, you're a girl, a girl with a tool bag and you want to fix giant pianos, which like most people looking at you'd be like, you can't even move one. You're tiny. Well, that it would be true. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean? And the the industry is so masculine and male dominated that, I think you probably come in contact with a lot of frustrating situations, but you stuck with it anyway, and I think maybe you can attribute your Scorpio-ness to that in that aspect.
0: Yeah, I definitely think going in and having the attitude of, I have studied, I have experienced, I know what the hell I'm talking about, Yeah, goes a long way in... Not necessarily, you know, just reassuring clients mm-hmm. that, you know, yes, I don't look like what you expected me to look like, Yeah. but I can still do this job and yeah. do it really well yeah. and you'll be happy.
1: Yeah. And that's the important thing. And I, I'm just so happy to have seen you kind of come such a long way and um, I'm just really excited for you. Come a long way since seven years ago when we were living oh my together God, yeah. with another roommate. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, just for some insight, dear listeners, uh, my room in this house was so small, I couldn't fit in a normal-sized bed, and I was living on an air mattress.
0: And the crackheads down the street had a riding lawnmower that they would ride around the neighborhood.
1: <laughs> yeah. True story. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, there was like a... A pack of wild Chihuahuas that lived on the Yes,
0: road. on the corner. Oh <laughs> yeah. my god.
1: And every time I tried to go for a run, they would chase the shit out of me. I'll bite your ankles off. Oh yeah. It was really terrifying. <laughs> I think not even had like one of those like little Mexican hairless dogs, which was particularly fierce. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Well, did you have any more questions or insights about your your chart that um, like you thought was particularly spot on or interesting from the experience
0: well it definitely I mean like I said it I like how it has you know aspects and it gives you two sides of it you know yes this is a good thing but watch out for you know too much of it or if something happens and you find yourself withdrawing etc um, it mentions more than once in different things that um, I have mechanical aptitude, which is totally, absolutely, you right totally on. do.
1: Yeah, and then I do not, <laughs> which is why I break everything. I have a really good intellectual mechanical aptitude. Like I can. When I think about a problem and somebody says, like, oh, is this thing? I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But putting my hands on something, I'm just like, oh, and it's broken immediately. Like, and that's
0: it. That's what it yeah. says. I forgot where exactly it says it in the chart, but it says pretty much the opposite for me, which is
1: true. <laughs> you know, yeah. I,
0: it's hard. If you s- explain something to me, I won't always get it. But if you put it in front of me and say, this is how it works, mm-hmm. it clicks. Yeah. Are I think I I <laughs> know, I love you. I think yes. I'm so glad you can't reach
1: my face right now. <laughs> Pickle has come for a visit in the blanket fort. it. <laughs> Share it spreading the love. Oh yeah, she comes to she comes to like comfort and remind us that she's still around. <laughs> so
0: did you already talk about the full moon in the first part of the podcast? Yeah, or? so
1: like that's actually I'm recording that kind of in tandem with this. I haven't finished that episode yet um mainly because i've just been sort of lazy and busy at the same time (laughs) what's it like i'm i've been busy socializing so i haven't had time to sit down and finish recording it socializing is important yeah yeah Um, last night i went to my friend's house to do like a painting night Mm -hmm. and it was good and then i like i got really self-conscious though because i'm like I'm the only, I was the only professional artist there, and other people were, like, just having fun, and I'm, like, sketching out thumbnails, and then (laughs) mixing my colors, and, like, and not, like, I don't know how to not be a professional artist. I know what you mean. And, and people were, like, oh, you're, like, really good, And, and I'm, I'm, like. (laughs) Like, somebody was like, oh, did you go to SCAD? And I, like... I ha- I heard myself say this, and then even to myself, I was like, "I'm an asshole." <laughs> I said, "Oh no, I didn't go to Scad. I went to art school in Europe." <laughs> like, and, and I was like, "And that's why I don't have friends." <laughs> oh, did you sip your tea with your pinky up after that? No, I was like, "No, I'm a real art snob." <laughs> like, well, first of all, not like I don't think that Scad's bad. I just, it just wasn't the right choice for me. Yeah. But I also,
0: (laughs) eh, I don't know. I think every professional is a snob about what they do. It's you can't help yourself. It's it, you know,
1: really does come from a place of passion. Yes.
0: And (laughs) there's a fine line between being a snob and taking pride in what you. Have studied. You've put a lot of time and effort and energy into learning how to do all that shit. It's you. Of course, you want to mix it right and do it right, and yeah. you know. And when somebody says you're really good, it's like, well, yeah, I've been practicing since I was eight. I hope
1: I'm. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, um, really, I look at so people ask me now like what i'm working on what my film is that i'm working on or, or something and you know like i'm like oh i do an astrology podcast and they're like oh but you're an artist and i'm like yeah but this is art to me too it tells a story and like not even not only is an episode a story in a way it's a, it's a story of a sign and understanding yourself and being really like using that tool as like i'm trying to make a tool and something entertaining and valuable for other people to use Mm -hmm. but also um i'm noticing that myself is like an integral character to the story and like even though i don't necessarily mean for it to be that way it's just kind of can't be helped because the nature of it and now i'm starting to get like a little bit invested in my character's success, <laughs> like, yeah. like as a as a listener to the story as well. You know, like if there's been some dramatic ups and downs in some ways, and um, I'd say investment
0: in your own success is pretty is a pretty healthy.
1: <laughs> yeah, thing, um, to have it's probably not the worst character flaw in the world, but I've just I was like, oh, that's weird. No,
0: we're all the star of our own show.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's I mean... true. But, um, I don't know. I feel like, uh, telling a good story is like story is king Is the, is like something you hear in animation circles and studios worldwide. And basically it just means like you need a compelling story, number one. And if you have a compelling story, you can tell it with stick figures. The art kind of, the art, nice art is nice to have. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think a lot of really bad stories default to having overdone art to sell a visual extravaganza instead of really focusing and honing in on the craft of storytelling, which is why, personally, I think that those like original Pixar films were so good. Mm-hmm. Um, they really did spend time on crafting a story and, and not just saying, like, oh, here's a hero who doesn't really want to be a hero, and he meets a girl, and... They goes fall through in love, trial, and then so there's something happened, and they he, they were like flung apart, and they had to really try. And then they're together. The end. Happy ending. Like Hollywood has told us that story a million times in a million different settings with a million different characters who do the same fucking story. Yeah, and that's why it's so boring. Boring. It's so boring, <laughs> and uh, you know, I think audience members, whether it's audio narrative or visual narrative or comics or, you know, any anything that we're investing our time and energy in to be entertained by, we want a good story. Mm-hmm. Something that we can identify with and if we have that, um, then, yeah, you really can tell it with stick figures or with no figures in a podcast form. In a form. podcast form. <laughs> Yeah.
0: It's true. Yeah. Well, and even like if you look at it from a marketing perspective, I took a couple of classes and had a mentor for a little while who was really into the sales and the marketing and everything like that. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, you have to be a complete idiot if you're a small business owner and you don't do a little bit of research in how to be good at selling your stuff, stuff Yeah, which is... Yeah. Basically, you're selling yourself. And, you know, that's, at the end of the day, that's what he kept saying was, he's like, really, people, I mean, yes, they want you to be qualified, but they want to get, they want to know you. Yeah. They don't want to hear all of your stats and your credentials and everything like that. When you get to their house and meet them for the first time, they want to get to know you. And if you read that book, there's a book by Malcolm Gladwell called... Oh, I love him. ...Blink. It's brilliant. And it is. It's about... It's a lot... I mean, we... Have you heard his podcast? Yeah, Revisionist History. Yeah. I love
1: it. His episode about Elvis... Well, actually, he's got got a couple of, like, country music episodes that I think are just so good. And... uh, like, the one about Elvis and this one song that he couldn't sing, I think, was really fucking, like, spot on. Oh, I'll have so to good. listen to that. Yeah.
0: Did you listen to the one about the golf courses? N- oh,
1: yeah, the one in Hollywood. It the will
0: go- make you hate golf.
1: Oh, I already hate golf. I
0: hated golf before, too, but now I really hate golf.
1: <laughs> I've, I've always hated golf. My uh, step-grandfather was, like, a pro-am golfer, and I got dragged to—he lived in Augusta on the Augusta Country Club in the neighborhood there, and I'm so fucking bored out of my gourd there in the summer times, and um, I mean, you know, I have fun childhood memories there too, but some of the most like bleak, boring moments of my life were being dragged to the Masters, and then watching the O.J. Simpson trial on cable, because it was all the same time. So, like, for me... Golf is synonymous with murder. Oh, (laughs) gee. All right. So, um, what was it that you were just saying?
0: Oh, we were talking about how astrology can be a tool and um, how it... Because we all hear what we want to hear a lot of the time in our lives. We're all the star of our own show, like we were just talking about. Um, But with these... with astrology and with natal charts and with, you know, readings and things like that and having people kind of interpret it for you, it forces you to see things about yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, the good and the bad. Yeah. And that can help you. I mean, I think that that is a huge part of health care and self-care and how to walk through life in a, in a productive and healthy way is being aware of your shortcomings and not beating yourself up about it but yeah. being proactive and being yeah. able to you know identify it when you're falling into that hole. Oh yeah, and
1: awareness is key and it's uh you, you can't really start to grow emotionally or you know spiritually if you will if you're not keyed into your particular trigger points or issues or challenges And I think that astrology can really be helpful in identifying those key themes for you, whatever they may be, because it's a good prompt and a good self-reflection tool. How is it that I represent myself in this way? How can I be better at X, Y, or Z? And it is going to be different for every single person, but the one thing that's consistent through all of our lives and experiences is that if, unless you really take the time and set that time aside to be self-reflective on a semi-regular-ish basis, um, and you know, for me, that's the lunar cycles, that's every new moon, that's every full moon, and frankly, more than that, because I'm always thinking about the show and how to incorporate, you know, different themes of my personal life within what's going on in a way that's interesting for the listeners. But also through daily horoscopes and looking at transits is it just, it gets you thinking about it. And when you think about it, you're aware. And you don't necessarily have to become a victim of your thoughts any longer. Which really, that's an underlying pr- principle of psychology. Mm-hmm. And behavioral, uh, <clears throat> behavioral cognitive therapy is being able to step away from your thoughts and to uh, be an observer of your thoughts instead of being trapped in the little rat wheel in your mind, spinning around and around and around, yep. and being a victim to them. Once you can extract yourself and watch the wheel going around, and you're like, damn, that we- that hamster could go a whole lot further if they just got off the wheel and started burrowing, or, or anything, I mean, yeah. really, other than just going in circles.
0: Yep. Yeah. And we all have those inner monologues you know whatever it is whatever you
1: absolutely you know nobody likes me oh yeah i definitely have one of those (laughs) for sure
0: oh man i'm not talented enough or whatever Mm -hmm. oh
1: yep got that one too check check (laughs) yeah
0: and i think i mean i don't know it's part of being human isn't it it's just
1: yeah i mean you know we're when you step back from everything right We are magical skeletons that are walking around because of electricity and a meat suit and we're all made out of stardust being stuck to a rock spinning through space around a giant ball of gas. That's on fire. That's on fire, yeah. So, like, the fact that we're able to do anything is pretty goddamn incredible. So, I mean, first of all, if you're looking to start your mindfulness meditation in a really basic place, that's a good one. That's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, Which also,
0: it contrarily, uh um, it helps you to, because, yes, you want to get through your inner monologues and whatever and get past the voices that say everybody hates you. Yeah. But also, at the same time, realize we are tiny yeah we're so small in the grand scheme of things if you didn't accomplish every single thing you tried to accomplish on your list today the world is not going to stop spinning
1: no news (laughs) flash this this rock ball is going way too fast and it has way too big a purpose in this universe for your little insignificant life to really i mean
0: just comforting
1: like, in a way to me. I mean, I, I mean it can be, but it can also be, it can get rid of the pressure. Yeah. it can get rid of some of that performance anxiety, and just to like put yourself out there, get started with a project because any start is better than no start. You know, when I started this podcast, it was very very different entity than it is now, and it's I'd like to think that it's evolved and changed in some good ways, and some it's certainly gone through some painful growth spurts as well, but. Um, I think the thing that I'm just proudest of all, most of all, is that, you know, I started doing something. Mm -hmm. It's something. You know, it might not... Every episode might not be perfect. There probably isn't ever going to be a perfect episode. But... Perfection is boring. Perfection is the (laughs) enemy of good. And making an effort in just being good and doing something consistently is better than... Revising the same material a hundred times and perf quote unquote perfecting it into a place of non existence mm-hmm. and so that's what I'm proudest of it all is that you know what I get up and I do something. it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but you know what fuck everybody <laughs> and well, and
0: if it's not your cup of tea, then don't drink it
1: yeah, and England f- b- sorry, but fuck tea, not really, I like tea, just <laughs> but you know what I mean. I'm, what I mean is uh, you can't be everything to everybody and we shouldn't try to be listen to the people who are there to support you, build your connections, build your networks in ways that are mutually beneficial and look for ways to express your unique gifts and talents in ways that are helpful to other people who might not even know that they wanted or needed them mm-hmm. um, but when you see an opportunity to help other people I think you um, you need to take that uh in whatever way that is whether you're a nurse or you're working in the healthcare industry or if you're just like at a stoplight and you see somebody who's having trouble crossing the street take your a moment just to help somebody else who's not having an as easy as a time as you might be that moment let somebody merge in front of you yeah, oh my god Atlanta, we're talking to you <laughs> um, Also, I know there's a lot of people Who aren't from here that live here now But Fucking learn where you're going And don't drive so slow Aww. I'm a slow driver sometimes Oh I'm I'm like I'm an impatient Sagittarius ah. <laughs> And like there's nothing And I I also live in a neighborhood Where there's lots of people who are kind of tourists mm. And they just like to drive real slow And look at houses and stuff They and, should walk, and they should probably walk. Be better. Yeah I would but I can't walk No they oh, should walk They if should want to look at houses Yeah they should totally walk I have somewhere I need to go and it's really annoying for me, personally, when I'm trying just to get home to let my dog out or try to get to work on time, um, and there's somebody who doesn't know where they're going, and they're like, <laughs> oh, that's a nice house. Oh, <laughs> would be great to live here. No, it wouldn't be great to live here because there's slow assholes like you here. Tell us <laughs> how you really feel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one day I'll move away from Atlanta and... I won't know who I am anymore, but it'll happen eventually. <laughs> I'm just a slow driver in traffic. I'm like, mm. we're all
0: sitting in traffic anyway, so I am not going to really try to tailgate the person. Oh, I don't anymore.
1: tailgate. That's my one rule is, like, go as fast as you want, but don't be on somebody's ass. Yeah. I'm a...
0: Danger, Will Robinson.
1: <laughs> I'm a I'm a really fast, aggressive driver, which is why I have to ride slow motorcycles, because fast ones will kill me. <laughs> I don't
0: even remember the last time I rode in a car with you. It was the Gia. Oh yeah, I think you picked me up from the airport or something
1: one time. Oh my god, yeah, I probably did drive really fast in that car to the airport though. Like
0: I, re- I think it was pretty fast. I mean, the Kerman Kia wasn't being a in fast fear car. For my
1: life, though. <laughs> well, maybe it was having a bad engine day. <laughs> but I did have one friend who, who is a an avid motorcyclist and kind of a bit of a daredevil herself. And I remember driving with her somewhere, and she got out of the car, and she was like, "You have not lived until you've ridden with Aurora and that Carmen Gia on. She drives everywhere on two wheels <laughs> and sideways.
0: What did you call it? The
1: monster?
0: The um,
1: well, the, the weird green egg was. Um, it's one of its nicknames because it looked like that, like uh, same color, yeah. The same color as those. Grills, those egg grills, the big green egg mm-hmm. so the weird green egg um, and yeah, that was the one that I remember the most. Those are the most fun cars Volkswagen's yeah. are so much fun
0: to drive. It feels like you're going fast even when you're not. Oh,
1: yeah, and there's no safety measures whatsoever the The seat belt is basically dental floss, and there's no um there's no um safety features or airbags whatsoever. So, do you want to wrap up and just let people know where they can find you if they want to? Maybe they have a piano they need serviced. Um, Um, Yes, you can
0: find me at sound-pianos.com. And
1: soon there's going to be a cool animated video on your website that explains how tuning your piano is a lot like cars. It's true. And it's made by the person who made this podcast (laughs) I'm so lame sorry please forgive me no it is (laughs) it's awesome there will be a link yeah um we'll get that on your website really soon um well I guess that's that for this part of the podcast (coughs) cheers um Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm I hope, excited. I hope that your natal chart was uh, an interesting tool. Very insightful. And uh, Pickle really needs to have your attention for some reason. And by the way, she's trying to get me to... Oh, that's what... Now that I've played oh. with her with the oh, possum yeah. toy, yeah. this is it for life. Yeah. So, Pickle needs to play with her possum, and that's it for us tonight. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful full moon in Taurus.